Thank you for tuning in to the Black Money Tree Podcast, hosted by entrepreneur, investor, and philanthropist, Jerome D. Love. We are committed to teaching you how to build wealth so that you can build your community. At the Black Money Tree, our goal is to empower wealth creation and create economic self-sufficiency in order to empower generations to come. Society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never enjoy. Powered by Wells Fargo Bank. Welcome to the Black Money Tree Podcast. Welcome to the Black Money Tree Podcast. I'm your host, Jerome D. Love, and I'm so excited about the Black Money Tree movement. I'm so excited about the Texas Black Expo because we believe that economic prosperity creates awesome communities. And one of the best ways to build wealth within our communities, entrepreneurship, real estate investing. So most of the topics that we discuss is going to revolve around those two topics. Uh, before we get started with today's program, I did want to just mention Texas Black Expo is celebrating 20 years of service to the community. And it's going to be this. We're going to have a grand summer celebration in May, May 18th to the 21st at the George R. Brown Convention Center and the Marriott Marquis. It's going to be a grand affair. We got Magic Johnson coming. If you want to get tickets to our luncheon to see Magic, you can go to our website at TexasBlackExpo.com. And if you are a business owner, you don't want to miss this opportunity. Where else can you have an opportunity to market, promote, sell your products to over 20,000 people, one place, one weekend for less than $1,000? That's Texas Black Expo. So all the information is online. And if you like our free course um, called Winning with Vending, Winning with Vending, a lot of people don't know how to market at a trade show. They just hear and see a flyer that says 20,000 people. They say, I'm going to set up a booth. And if I could just sell to 10% of that people, that, that's going to be 2,000 and I'm going to be rich. But you got to remember those 20,000 people aren't coming. They're looking for you. They're looking for something else and they might run into you. What can you do to make some noise, make your presence felt and draw those people to your booth capture the leads and ultimately capture the dollars that's what our course winning with vending teaches you can get it at book.texasblackexpo.com forward slash i want it book.texasblackexpo.com forward slash i want it but really excited uh we've been doing some hard work in the community over the last 20 years and we're really looking forward to this may and we look forward to you guys joining us well on today's episode i'm really excited when you think of wealth in the black community as a young African-American, let's say male, but really probably anyone in the African-American community, when we think of being rich and famous, we tend to think of one or two things in terms of building wealth, being a professional athlete or being some type of artist. Well, we have a gentleman here today that is deeply entrenched within the hip hop industry He's seen it all, he can, he, he, and, and I'm sure that he can tell, tell you, and he's going to share today, how everything that glitters is not gold. And he has a tremendously successful company that's been thriving for over 20 years, I think maybe 25 years. If you've heard of all hip-hop, I'm so excited to have their uh, founder and CEO, Mr. Chuck Creekmore, with us today. Chuck, thank you so much for joining us on the Black Money Tree Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate it. Definitely. All right, Chuck. So let's go back to the beginning. 
Growing up, how did you grow up? Did, what were your parents? Were they entrepreneurs? Were they blue collar, working class people? How did you grow up and what made you want to become an entrepreneur? Uh, I grew up the son of two teachers, two educators. Uh, both were hardworking people from humble roots in Virginia. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, when we talk about hustling, my parents uh, didn't grow up rich. In fact, they grew up dirt poor, uh, but they both had a spirit that, uh, especially from that era, you know, which is the civil rights era, that they were going to provide and, and, and do right by their family by any means. So uh, me, I'm the product of that spirit. And so when it came down to them creating prosperity for our family, you know, my mom was a, a teacher and my dad was a, a, an industrial arts teacher. He built our house, for example. Uh, during the summers, he would work on other people's houses and build extensions to their houses or actual houses. And he would make extra money. My mom would play the piano for the church and she would make extra money like that. So in the back of my mind, I think that the hard work and dedication was that seed was planted early on. And, uh, and then, and in some ways, uh, entrepreneurship was there as well. I think, um, additionally, music was there as well too. So when it came down to hip hop coming into my life and other things such as comic books, I believe that that energy continued on um, all the way through college and, and beyond uh, to, you know, eventually help me stumble through a bunch of things and fail at a lot of things. I used to do my own comic books, for example, uh, which a lot of us did. I drew my own comics and I wrote my own comics. And every now and then I'd partner with somebody because, you know, I didn't always have the confidence to do it myself. And then later down the line, all hip hop became something. So let's talk about yeah. that. All hip hop. For those who don't know, let's talk about what all hip hop is. Talk about how you founded it and what you guys do. Yeah, well, all hip hop is really one of the first hip hop destinations online. And I don't want to put us as the first significant one, but I'll say that we are one of the first significant destinations online. There were others before us, but I think that the key difference between all hip hop is that, you know, I was a journalist. My business partner is a tech guru, Grouchy Greg Watkins, shout out to him. And we're from the soil of hip hop. You know, we came from those uh, humble roots of being a part of the community. We weren't tech nerds per se. We weren't, um, you know, extremely in the streets either. And so I think the combination of being well-rounded individuals uh, coupled with the fact that we're originally from Delaware and we had to fight sort of for every square inch of territory that we have achieved allowed us to have a special skill set as well as mind state to accomplish what we've done in hip hop. So long story short, hip hop, all hip hop is the longest running uh, destination, continuous destination uh, in the culture. 
So you started back in 1998, if I'm not mistaken, and you guys, if not from the beginning, very quickly shifted online. What gave you the foresight? Mm -hmm. Like you look at magazines. I grew up, you know, listening to hip hop, uh, NWA, Ghetto Boys, 8-Ball and MJG. And we got our information from the Source magazine. That was always the goal, Mm -hmm. to get the Source, see who was on the cover. And being from the South, we always felt like the New York guys got way too much shine. So it was a big thing when the Ghetto Boys was on the cover. We felt like we made it, you know. And then, of course, Atlanta just really took over the scene. But you, uh, the reason I brought up Source, they have – Let's just say they they have they have peaked and they seem to be have declined. I believe they still have a presence online, but you guys have remained consistent over the years. And I think it was be, this is just me, and you tell me if I'm, I'm I'm characterizing this correct. Early on, you guys were digital. You guys were online. So talk a little bit about that and how how did you have the foresight to make that happen? Well, first of all, I think it's important that everybody understand that 1998 represents the year Greg and I partnered, right? And that's a little bit different than when all hip hop really started. So all hip hop really started probably a couple years before that. Greg had the name and had a website. Uh, On the flip side, I had another website, which was called Tantrum Magazine, and that was online prior to 98 as well. So what happened was, long story short, we, we had a moment of clarity where we figured uh, you're doing a website. I'm doing a website. You got the better name, All Hip Hop. Let's join forces. And so the the insight is is very the insight is is partially. I think we both had a, a forward thinking mind, and I also think the other side is that we were, um, in in a lot of ways boxed out. As you just said, listen, the Ghetto Boys is one of my favorite groups, and I and Willie D is one of my friends. You know, and when he said everybody knows New York is where it began, so let the ego ish in. Yeah, I, I could relate. To that. I could relate to that. Yeah, I could relate to everything they were saying about that because I'm from Delaware originally. A lot of people think I'm from New York because I've been in that area of New York for over 20 years, which is great. I, I'm totally in love with New York City. I feel like that's one of my three homes. Uh, but at the same time, getting in the industry is a different story. Uh, if you live in New York, you can sit out in front of the source and wait for somebody to walk out. If you are in New York City, you can get favoritism. You know somebody, you bump into them at the party. I was going to New York every second I could and was, was not getting the luck. And I was a, a hell of a writer. So between the two of us, we were very, um, some would say visionary in our, um, our, you know, version of what we wanted to see happen. So now let's talk about evolving and technology. Now web 3.0 is the thing and the metaverse. Where do you see mm-hmm. that d- taking all hip hop and just really the hip hop industry in general? You know, I heard uh, Snoop and, and all of these rappers now are investing in the metaverse and that people are selling land next to Snoop's house on the metaverse. And it's kind of foreign, but 
where do you see this going and how does all hip hop make that transition as well? Yeah, we're working on it now. I mean, we're we're working on our, you know, you know, this so this is our 25th anniversary. Uh we're, we're kind of running with the um hashtag the road to 25 or AHH 25. And so we're working actively on several fronts in, you know, the web 3.0 environment. And it's it's going to be a hard turn because, you know, right now you're making money this way. And so you have to regard uh, that way as something you have to invest in and it'll pay dividends later down the line. Um, I also think that for from the from the industry perspective, you know, it's going to take some time for people to actually catch up. And that's, you know, for us, when we started in 98, uh, that was necessary and that was circumstantial. It's not as necessary right now, but in a, in a lot of ways it is, because if you want to be around for another 25 years, you have to address uh, artificial intelligence. You have to address, um, you know, uh, you know, these headsets that I kind of hate, actually, you know, with <laughs> all the virtual, reality, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so but you have to. And, and those are new markets. And even if your constituency is not there now, there's a constituency that is there and um, we're, we're working on building those, those um, worlds and those, you know, and looking and pricing out the land and pricing out the stores. And what, what, what does it take to get all hip hop in this museum online or whatever, whatever the case may be, it's expensive. So we'll build our own or something. You know what I'm saying? So let's talk a little bit about, the black money tree is about creating and building wealth. People rap, mm -hmm. people do what they do in order to generate money. Uh, I grew up, I was born in 77. So, uh, you know, people of our generation, at least a lot of my friends, they don't really listen to a lot of the hip hop nowadays. They don't, they, they kind of feel like it's not hip hop anymore. On the other mm -hmm. end, it's always been a business. Like people demonize Hammer when he started doing all of these commercial deals and they said he wasn't real, but when Puffy did it, they said he was a genius. Where do you stand on, on, on that side of the spectrum? These young cats is getting money now, but if you ask me, they, they don't have the skill set that a Tupac, that a Biggie, that a Scarface, that a Ice Cube had but they making money. So where, how, where do you stand on that side of the, uh, of the spectrum, if you will? Well, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it all. I think that, um, first of all, I think we're in a renaissance. I think that if you like hip hop or you love hip hop as much as you say you love hip hop, you would know that there's a new Nas album. You would know that Jay-Z probably had the verse of the, the year last year. Um, then there's a bunch of new guys um, that are representative of what we would like, Corday, Nick Grant, the Griselda family, and more, R.J. Payne. And I mean, I could go on and on and on. And then, I mean, there's even some party stuff that I can rock with too. I know we're not in the clubs like we used to. We're not partying as hard as we used to, but it's all there. It's all hip hop, right? And so even the young people, you know, it's not our it's not their fault. I just say that there are now, you know, a new set of gatekeepers. I mean, it's it's very deep. It's very nuanced as well. 
I think that back in those days, we were the, the, the you know, tastemakers. The, the streets were the tastemakers. Russell Simmons, Diddy, um, you know, Easy e These were the people that said to the world, this is who we are. This is what we do. And now I don't know that the complexions are as brown as they were and that they even want, for example, a public enemy to be very powerful now. So that said, you're going to get a different sort of uh, hip hop. It's a lot, you know. So for me, I just try to educate as much as I can. I try to maintain my square um, and I try to, uh, you know, affect my sphere of influence as much as I possibly can. And that's what goes back to black ownership, black, black entrepreneurship and also not selling out. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about selling out anymore because somebody might have a million dollars or even a billion dollars, quite frankly. But it can all be scaled to just fit where they are at that particular time. It just depends on what you're doing with that money and perceived power. So let's let's go a little bit deeper on that. I was talking to my publicist yesterday um about Beyonce the uh the I believe the Dubai concert where she was paid 24 million dollars and they were saying that that culture was not supportive of women and she's supposed to be a women's right advocate or whatnot and what I said is this at the end of the day could she do more to support the the her community that she's advocating for with that 24 million or without so to me, it's not selling out to because at the end of the day, it's about economics. If she can get that 24 million, she's in a better position to advocate for her community just because she does a concert in that that culture or in that country doesn't mean that she supports everything that they support. You know, where, where what would you say about that? No, I totally agree. First of all, Beyonce and Jay-Z, I'll throw them in there together. Both of them have done a lot of work in the community, a lot of work in places that we didn't do anything whatsoever. She sometimes is right there serving food or giving out things to her community. And so I don't have any problem with that. If you get a, an opportunity to, to perform for um someone that rich that can pay you 24 million you you better do it and the chicken <laughs> yeah the, 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 you'll mess up a lot listening to people on social media or even people uh that are protesting because any one of them i promise you given that opportunity are going to perform as well and also if you're smart or what you say you are you'll do it for and it'll turn into something much greater and not for nothing you know, there's always the um, opportunity to maybe change some minds and some folks' uh, yeah. views of us as well in that moment, too. Well, you, you know, the way I look at it is I, I'm certainly uh, not at the level of Beyonce, but I have a built a platform with Texas Black Expo. What happens uh -huh. is when you build a, <clears throat> a platform or a following that is for the community, other people try to define what it's supposed to do and how it's supposed to look. And right. what I often say, and I'm sure you get it. People tell you, you're all hip hop. How could you have put this artist on there? He did this or that, or, or his rhymes is whack and he, this ain't true and this, that, and the other. 
And I often say, well, when you found your black expo, you can do it the way you want, <laughs> you know. But of course, exactly. when when it when I'm running the black expo, now it's different if you're a stakeholder, if you're a sponsor or things of that nature, you you have somewhat of a voice. But as a as a participant or a sideline individual that's that doesn't understand all the nuances and things that go along with the decision making, you know, it's it's you can't really speak to everything that's going on. That's kind of the way I look at it. What, what's your thoughts? No, I agree totally. If you don't like all hip hop, do your hip hop. Yep. Yep. And that's and it's that simple. I think that, you know, both of us and others like us and, and even like I said, people like Beyonce and others have a version of philanthropic effort that they put in. They are generally to me uh, doing right by people and themselves. And if you don't like it, just do your own thing. And it's and this is the world we live in right now. There's nothing stopping anybody from doing a hip hop site or an Instagram page that worships the golden era or old school or pure hip hop, whatever. I, I happen to have a website and a destination called All Hip Hop. And that really means that it's inclusive. We never hated on the South. We never hated on the West Coast. You know, we're based on the East Coast. So maybe there is some, some favoritism in somebody's eyes, but that's mostly largely due to proximity and not love or respect. So if people don't like it, just do do your thing. Yeah. And um, that's that's where the key is. You know, a lot of people don't want to put in the work. They don't want to yep. work hard. They don't want to sacrifice. And I think that that's when you see the winners from the losers and the dreamers and the doers are separated when it's time to take action. Yeah, it's always easier to tell you what to do than to actually do something on my own, you know. So let's talk a little bit about generational wealth. Black Expo and the Black Money Tree is about creating and building wealth. You see, you you know all of them. You you've seen a lot of artists that's made a lot of money. You know the ones that had it, lost it. You know the ones that had it and and built on it. Talk a little bit about some of the stories and some of the things you've seen and some of the advice you would have for new artists that's coming into the industry, making a lot of money to ensure that they don't just have money today, but they have money 20, 30, 40 years from now and that their children will be able to eat off of the work that they're doing. Talk about that. Well, anytime you start talking about other people, I kind of throw my hands up, right? Because at this point, I think, unfortunately, we're it's going to be a slow process um, to educate people uh, about finances. But so let me let me step back a little bit and go back to the 90s when we started. I personally, uh, believe it or not, worked at a bank. I worked at a bank for four years. And part of that was one a starting salary of a journalist or a reporter was was peanuts. It was so low, even the college graduate me wasn't doing that and my business partner also worked at a bank too delaware is known for its banks so i think a seed was planted there for us in financial literacy being smart and it didn't help that my mom you know was very practical don't mess your credit up you know save money and don't spend foolishly and things like that so now 
as it relates to, so I think that um, we had a very good base of understanding of what it took. But now when it comes to rappers, I mean, I think we, you know, after over 25 years, you do see people come, you see people go, you see people screw up, you do op-ed pieces like, hey, 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 let me help you. Every, you know, just just about everything. And, and, and at the end of the day, man, you know, people have to make those decisions for themselves. Um, but if I were to give, you know, a word of advice, I would just say, have someone you trust um, um, protecting your money and also educate yourself as well. The one time we screwed up royally was actually trusting someone with our money and we got screwed. And I do mean in the most major way to the point where it almost took us out of business. And so we had a large company and, you know, they gave us a, a person of a black man, a brother um, who was very cool on the front, but he, you know, he, he almost ruined us. And so, uh, you know, as an agent of this larger company who was very well respected. So now we work with a company who we've worked to, who we've, we've worked with um, hands on meetings every other week uh, and and they are uh, a black owned company as well, I might add. And it saved us from a lot of ruin, I think, and a lot of headache. And it's also included us in the process. So rappers, you can't just throw somebody some money every month, have them take care of your money or whoever, ball player or even regular person. You gotta, you know, put your head in the uh, book sometimes and look at the PL sheet and um run down the finances spending too much over here not enough over there if you're investing you know you got to look at it and now in this day and age with crypto and all this you know web 3.0 business and and nfts and investing in the new era it's 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 more risky but i think that it can be as rewarding as the gold rush or uh the earliest internet days if you're smart so you have been in business 25 years. What are the one or two nuggets that you would just share with someone that's thinking about starting a business? Give me one or two gems and then we're going to go ahead and close it out because I know we're coming up on our time. One or two gems that you wish you would have known or just something you think people need to know. Education, 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 education. In fact, that might be the only thing I have to say. I think it's understated um, that you need to be educated. Um, so education is not just college degree. I think that's a big part of it. It's not. It's also buying books. Some of it might be YouTube. Some of it might be some non, uh, some unconventional ways of educating yourself. But absolutely, education number two. Don't look too far in the future. Number three, surround yourself with good people, innovative people young people, old people, network is everything, changed everything for me. Moving to New York in the year 2000 changed my life, not because I was any better, but because my network changed. Um, and, and just commit to being consistently hardworking, consistently hardworking. And I've seen people come into this thing three months ago, literally 
someone I hired three months ago, and he's they. I'll say they <laughs> are burnout already. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, last but not least, I think self care is important too. That's something I did not do. I used to have migraine headaches. I used to be overweight. I used to be everything negative, depressed, everything. And um, in hindsight, I would do it differently. And I was a non-drinker, by the way. So everything that I've, everything that I experienced, I experienced it sober. And that was a lot. And um, I'll end on that note, man. But, um, you know, be, uh, uh, be humble, but not too humble. Be faithful. If you believe in a God, pray and and um, and create a team around you that shares your values and you can all grow together. Well, and there you have it, Mr. Chuck Creek Moore with all hip hop. Um, I do want to give you an opportunity. Anything. Creek Murr. Creek Murr. I got to change. Creek Murr. Creek Murr. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. All right. I got you. Now. What's new? What's coming up? Where can we find you? I give you a couple minutes just to do a couple plugs, talk about your social media, what we can expect from all hip hop. All, all roads lead to 25, man. Our anniversary's in October. Feeling good, man. I'm out here punching the heavy bag. I'm running miles. You know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. You know, 25 years goes by faster than you think. So we have everything you can imagine from web uh, 3.0 to the streets and we are taking the show on the road again the pandemic is you know clearing up a lot we're going to the grammys for the very first time believe it or not uh the grammys proper and um we're, we're celebrating hip-hop's 50th anniversary with you know the pioneers and the new generation and so we're looking forward to the next 25 years creating value creating you know, a proposition to advertisers and sponsors and the public. You know, this is the real hip hop right here. There's a lot of um, interlopers, vultures that are profiting off of our culture. We don't actually have really much opportunity to uh, uh, insert ourselves in other cultures. So I think it's important for us as black people to lead the charge uh, in every way, but in particular, our own house. And that's what we're all about at All Hip Hop. But being inclusive and loving and all that good stuff. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chuck, for joining us on the Black Money Tree Podcast. And to everyone listening, make sure you come out to Texas Black Expo's 20-year celebration, May 18th to the 21st in Houston, Texas. If you are a vendor and you want to get a booth, you can go to book.texasblackexpo.com forward slash callback. Someone from my team will schedule a call and we can help you out with whatever it is that you need to get your booth enrolled. And if you're just trying to get out of the rat race, we're going to have courses designed to help you to acquire businesses, buy franchises, buy your first investment properties. We're going to have investment bankers there that can fund real estate deals. So we're really doing what we do to help put money in your pocket, to help create wealth within our communities so that we can build our communities together. That's our theme. Boom. Building our own marketplace. So Chuck, thank you again for joining us on the Black Money Tree Podcast. And to all of you out there, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Black Money Tree Podcast. Don't forget to like and share this video. And if you want more content like this, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next time.